The local body elections saw a change of guard in many of the country's councils. At the same time, in West Auckland, residents have voted for new representatives on their liquor licensing trusts that have been in effect since 1972. As the final results came through at the end of last week, 10 of the 17 trustees on the Portage and Waitakere licensing trusts were fresh faces. A group opposed to the trust's monopoly over West Auckland's liquor sales has claimed four of those seats in hopes to enact change from the inside. Reporter Tom Taylor and video journalist Nick Munro went to find out why. On the streets of Avondale, people have mixed views on the West Auckland licensing trusts. I know the trusts um, set the prices, but um, the money that they made is also used towards other uh, groups around here. I'm glad that they exist. I'm not too sure how well they're managed. I voted based on um, just like reading the little bios and what resonated with me, but I'm not as well informed as I would like to be about them. They give us a little gift every, usually every year, you know, I've had some very useful things from them, you know, tools and first aid kits and things like that. But while some are pleased with the money the trusts return to the community through grants and sponsorships, they'd prefer to do their alcohol shopping in a neighbouring suburb just outside the trust's jurisdiction. It's probably just as well. People can always drive down the road to Mount Elbert anyway. I don't use liquor out west, basically, at all. The West Auckland Trusts are made up of the Portage and Waitakere Licensing Trusts. For the last 50 years, from Avondale and Blockhouse Bay through to Fatipu and Tehenga, they have held a near monopoly over liquor stores, pubs and taverns, with only specialised retailers like breweries allowed to operate independently. It means that unlike the rest of Auckland, residents of West Auckland can't buy alcohol at their local supermarket, and if they're going out for a drink, chances are it's being poured by a trust's employee. But in the recent local government elections, a group opposed to this monopoly have gained some seats at the table. We've got four now, so two on the Portage and two on Waitakere. Um, so that's doubling from the last term, which is fantastic. Uh, we stood seven candidates, so to get four through we're pretty stoked with, and I think it does reflect that there is an appetite for change. Amanda Roberts is one of the new elected members on the Waitakere Licensing Trust, gaining the most votes in the ward of Te Atatu. She joins the West Auckland Licensing Trust's Action Group, or Wall Tag, after moving to the area and being confronted with a lack of options in both the hospitality and retail sector. For me personally, um, it involved kind of walking around the supermarket for a wee while, kind of looking for... <laughs> <laughs> where the wine and beer was and going, oh, OK, right, we're in an area where that's not available in the supermarkets. Roberts says she'll be focused on giving more of the trust's surplus profits back to the community, although she won't give a definite percentage until she learns more about the operations behind the scenes. She'll also be pushing for more competition through a referendum on the trust's monopoly of alcohol sales, the most recent one having taken place in 2003. There are only a handful of non-trust liquor stores able to operate in West Auckland. Teatatu's Wine Villa is one of them, being established before the trusts themselves. However, its licence is very restricted and only allows it to sell wine. Last year, a Waltag petition to hold a referendum on the monopoly in the Waitakere licensing trusts area fell narrowly short of the required 15% of residents. But the trust's chief executive officer, Alan Pollard, says it made the board pay attention. We listened to the community in November, you know, the, 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 the petition, you know, it was 934 votes, you know, that, that, that really made us all sit up and take notice. 
Before Mr Pollard joined the trusts in 2020, the group had repeatedly refused to release its financial statements, drawing the ire of Waltag, which called for increased transparency. The trust still has no benchmark when it comes to the proportion of its profits to be returned to the community, although Mr Pollard says $7 million has been given back since 2019. We decide annually really how much we're going to give back to the community, but not as a percentage. It is something we've talked about. Uh, but again, you know, you're running a commercial business and what are some, you know, pretty interesting times. So we just have to be careful as well about, you know, the money we're giving away. It's, it's sustainable. Mr Pollard says the trusts need to be careful with the distribution of surplus profits while they plan redevelopments of many of their hospitality venues.